Welcome to another episode of our EP podcast. I have my good friend Nadia here. What's up? <laughs> it's been a while. It has been a it's while. It's been a long while. I miss him very much. I love this guy. Just so you guys know, it's already going to be okay. <laughs> we were just talking. It's been like what three years since the pandemic has pretty much yeah. been around, and we used to do bookings like every week together. Yeah, at least every other weekend I would see him, and we, you know, shoot the ish and talk, and then go do our business. Like, okay, you go record, and I've got to go on the mic. I miss that. It was crazy. I yeah. mean, you know, it's going to be a different life, however we get back to whatever, as we're getting back to it. Um, I mean, it's going to be different. Yeah. I'm expecting different. Oh, for sure. So we'll have to pivot differently, but I miss you. Yeah, I miss you too. <laughs> you know what? Throughout the whole pandemic too, seeing numbers with like 10 people, 20 people, weddings, like we used to do weddings and shut it down at like 600 people yeah. and stuff. And it's like... I did a wedding for 20. Ooh. What a difference that was. Because I'm a person of big energy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to keep it. And I don't want to tailor it when, you know, bigger crowds. Mm-hmm. But to have just 20 people and not feel a reaction, mm-hmm. even though they want to react, but they just can't. We're limited. What a different feeling <laughs> that was. I was like, oh, this is. So, you know, you just bring your energy down. You do. You make them laugh. And I got a few laughs out of the crowd. Mm-hmm. I'm a comedian, but, you know, you try. Yeah. So tell our viewers all like, what is it that you do? I don't think they answer. Oh yeah, actually, hi. What's going on? My name is Nadia Chandra. I go by MC Nat. She's an MC. I'm an MC. I don't rap. I'm not no, you know, roots or DMX. It's not me. What I do is I host events, so I'm a master of ceremonies um, by profession, but also I'm a radio personality on Vibe 105.5 FM, uh, and I'm on every Tuesday from two to five p.m. <laughs> but I just, you know, organically got into, which we'll talk about, um, the MCing, which is something I've wanted to do for a while, but I'll let you ask questions because there's a whole story about how I got into this, so. Yeah, but yeah, like, um, doing the MCing for 20 people even, like, for me doing the picture, taking pictures of 20 people, it's super intimate because I'm essentially taking the same shot for people over yeah. and over, and it's like, okay, how do I now bring the element of, like, being just a human being? into that. So yeah. like I found myself helping out with things. Like the other day I was helping an auntie spread out the rice and make it the home and all and yeah. I was like, I'm a photographer, what am I doing? <laughs> but you just wanna it's 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 another way too as a creative to be involved. Yeah. Just just keep that and plus it's relationships, right? Like we're I think we're all understanding that we're in a time and everybody's going through the same thing. And we were talking about it earlier, especially Caribbean people, West Indian people we don't always talk about how we're feeling. Mm-hmm. That's a huge issue. And I think it's slowly starting to change. I think especially with the younger generation, a lot of uh, young women and men that I see, they're trying to change that dynamic with different collectives that I see starting up on Instagram and social media. And I think that's slowly starting to change. And I think that's why when we're at events, we're doing beyond what we're paid or you know contracted to do because we're just, we're all in it together. Mm-hmm. It's that whole, we're all in it together. It really, we are. But I think as, as Caribbean people, we know when we can unite together when we're all one, and we're just stronger that way. Well right? said. Right? Yeah. Sorry, I know the guy. These people are self American <laughs> I represent my people, but we're still Caribbean. I don't care. I came, my people came from the East and come to the West. And that's here. it. That's what's up. <laughs> At the end, we're all one. Honestly. Yeah, honestly, I think that's it. I think that's why, you know, going, speaking to what you're saying, why when you're at an event, you're going above and beyond. It's just. One, it's in our nature. Mm-hmm. That's who we are as a people. Yeah. I can't, and plus my mother raised me that, I can't go nowhere and just stand there <laughs> yeah. and just be like, okay, I'm gonna watch Auntie do that by herself. Yeah. That's it just not- makes sense to go and be involved. You know, you're more than an MC, more than just whatever you're there to do. 
It's nice to just cater for everyone. Yeah, it's culturally, it's how we were yeah. brought up, right? It's like, go and help. When you're standing there, you see somebody need something, go and help. You see an old man, like the other day, you see an old man coming out the door, like yesterday I was with my mom at the bank, and nice. you know, you see somebody come, you just wanna, it's in my nature. I don't know how to turn that off because that's how we were raised, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I get it, you know, we're, we're in a different time. We'll see how the world plays out as we open back up, yeah, I say. Yeah, that's it. I just hope and pray everything's good for everybody, and it's been different. Yeah. A lot of lives lost, a lot of, it's just, oh my. It's been difficult, yeah. It's been, yeah, yeah you know, I was, I was just looking at something on social media from uh, Cardinal Fischel, and he was just saying, like, you know, I disappeared, and people were like, oh, maybe I'm hustling and working. But really, he got sick, and something went on, and, mm. you know, and it's just like, forget to connect as a people now yeah that's the other problem here too because we're all like on social media and just thinking <clears throat> oh this person's working and we're doing whatever but that's not really what's happening people are dealing with their own battles that we don't know about mm-hmm. um and you just have to you know take the time to check in with people too right yeah i feel like now getting back into the like the norm of what it was before people are so used to the virtual life now like, they're yeah. so used to like just calling up friends on like yeah. a video call like the other day i, I messaged one of my friends to go meet up and he's like oh like uh, do you want to do a video call work session i'm like no, I want to work in person. Yeah, let's do it in person now. We can do that. It is very, very different. Yeah, but, it is very uh, different. I, I think for a lot of people, too, for me, I've just been trying to... Now that we're going to be able to get out... <laughs> yeah. So, oh, it sounds... Oh, my God, we take something so for granted. Like, yeah. we used to just go out. Yeah. We used to just get up on the weekend, go do jobs. And now it's just like, it's a luxury. It's It blows my mind still mm-hmm. trying to deal with that. Um, but yeah, it's nice to like finally see people. Yeah. Like I said, I haven't seen it. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, <laughs> now you're here. But we had been talking or we messaged exactly, or, yeah. you know, there'd be a comment on something or you'd be like, hey, I see you. So thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> so what are your expectations for like the next year going forward with like the pandemic and things opening and all that kind of stuff? Uh, my own expectations, I just hope. I don't know, like, I think we have to come to terms that we are going to be living with this. Mm-hmm. This is what it is. We lived with chicken pox, we lived with, you know, many moons of a black, but we're just going to have to live with it. Mm-hmm. And we'll have to work around that. And people just have to live, because I don't think we can live like this. Yeah. This yeah. is not something that's normal to us. And I get it, society dictates certain things, the way we need to live and do things. Mm-hmm. But I think just the bare bones of being outside around people, we need to get back to that. I know it's hard. Yeah. You know, I'm on two sides of the fence with it. I get it. There's pros and cons for everything, but I'm just hoping we get back to a point of being open, being around the people we love, mm-hmm. and just trying to keep as safe as we can. Yeah. I ain't pushing nobody's political agenda because I get it. <laughs> but I just I just hope we get back to that. At yeah. least. Whatever that looks like, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like everybody else. I'm just in it for the ride. Let me see what happens and what we need to do. Because yeah. we're just going to have to learn how to adapt. But that's what makes us versatile as, as human beings. We're just, we're able to adapt. We were mm-hmm. born like this. We deal with death. We deal with breakups. We deal with uh, arguments, family loss, family gain. Like, there's so many emotions a human being can go through in a day. I can get up and be great and go to work, and then something at work pops off, and you're like, nah, my yeah. head's gonna explode. Then you get home, and it's like, ooh, I get to decompress. Then somebody calls you, and there's a tragedy. Like, the amount of emotions we can go through in a day, I don't know why anybody doesn't have anxiety or doesn't know how to, like, I, and I can't blame people for not being able to pivot or change or understand. It is hard. Mm-hmm. We're in a hard time right now. Mm-hmm. 
it's very it's very strange. And I, like everybody else, just try to maintain my network with people, whether I work with you, you're in my circle, or it's somebody I know, whether, you know, you try. How you doing? Simple message. Because we're at that yeah. stage where people don't, not everybody wants to talk on the phone anymore. Mm -hmm. I totally respect it. So you send them, how are you? Are you okay? What's good? Everything good? Cool. Just at least to know I'm here. You need anything? Great. Likewise, right? So, I mean, when we open up, we open up and we just mm -hmm. see what it's like. Yeah, I think adapting is, is the biggest thing right now. There's always this underlying cloud of fear. Yeah. This is hovering above our head and it's like, how do we control all these emotions and like categorize everything? Yeah. You know, in such a structural way that we don't just break. Because I've seen so many people just like take on all these stresses and in yeah. addition to like work and not maybe being able to afford this and that and the luxuries of life. Yeah. And they just crash. Yeah. Like, oh. The amount of micro yeah. decisions a human being, a human being, as soon as we wake mm -hmm. up, make in a day, and so much compartmentalizing that we do, mm -hmm. it's insane. It is. And, yeah. and so, having a pandemic come along, we're not able to engage like we used to with people. We can't do the simple luxuries of going to the movies and going out. I expect people to break. I myself deal with anxiety, so I get it. Mm -hmm. It is hard. Yeah. It's hard and. I commend anybody who's come out of this, however you've come out of it. I don't care how you came out of it, but you've been, you're here. Yeah. The fact that we're here, I mean, look, my eyes and say I made it. it. Yeah. Because how <laughs> many, it. like, knock on wood, how many people have we lost? Yeah, yeah. You know? And I'm not talking about stars. I'm just talking about, like, in your own family, in mm -hmm. my family, in yours. People we know in the industry. Mm -hmm. Look at the industry. Don't yeah. even get me started with that. When the pandemic started, we lost people like Antar from WIC. Like, I could la label so many names, and it's just like, yeah. it's crazy. It, it, yeah. I don't know what else it's to a, say. It's a that. different community now. It's a different, it's just a different world. It is. And yeah. especially yeah. for our industry here in Toronto, whether you're talking about you're an artist, a musician, or you're in the Caribbean scene and you're a DJ, like, it's had to be different. Yeah. It's going to have to be different. If y'all are coming back out <laughs> doing the same thing, y'all are a hot mess. You need to, yeah. something has to give and change. Mm -hmm. If you think the same thing you've been doing is going to work, in my opinion, you might be sadly mistaken. And I'm learning that. You're just saying too. that like, there's a brand new uh, wave of people, a fresh wave of people coming out. Yeah. There's some faces I've never seen before. There's all these names coming out I don't know in, yeah. in, in our industry. And yeah. it's like, damn, okay. Yeah, there's, and you know, props to them for coming out because yeah. they're coming out in a new way. You know, I hope they're getting mentorship from some of these older DJs that yeah. are out here because exactly. I know not everybody's doing that, but. The ones that are, it's fantastic. Like I can't wait to get back out and meet some of these new cats because it'll be cool. <laughs> and the other thing is I'm hoping that I see, and I'm only seeing a few, but I'm hoping I see more females. Mm -hmm. I want to see more female DJs. I want to see more female MCs. So if you're out there, holla at me because I don't, I was just saying to you, right? Like they're, they're DJs. Yeah. For sure, I've seen some. Sri Lankan, mm -hmm. West Indian, Trinidadian, Guyanese, whatever. Bayesian, whomever, but I'm not seeing MCs. I'm not yeah. seeing... Uh, young women that want to be radio personalities or want to do masters of ceremony, want to mm -hmm. be professional speakers. So I would love to find a way to find those people. Yeah, a couple. It's definitely family. a great niche to, to, to fill. It, and that's yeah. the niche I think that's missing in our community because mm -hmm. we don't have a lot of it. We have. And here's the thing, I say that we have women in the Caribbean, I'm not mm -hmm. discrediting the women that are already existing and the older crowd, but for the Indo caribbean women, we don't have that. Mm -hmm. We have very few. Uh, for me, when I look at who might be 
somebody I'd look to. There's the first person that comes to my mind that's currently in the media industry that's on 680 News and City TV is Natasha Rapsahide mm. in New Caribbean. Who else do I have to look at? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and I find that that's slim. We have the Azalea yeah. Hearts, you know? Yeah. She's, she's, a, she's a mix, but it's still somebody that's, I'm, I'm talking about pure, like, yeah. where is my Indo Caribbean at? And so I'm looking, I'm looking. I love out it. There. Representing the culture, I love it. We yeah. need it. I yeah. mean, there's some girls that have messaged me on like LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, so if you're there, any any person that's in Humber, reach just, out. Like, reach out <laughs> because I've had a couple girls yeah. do that. And they've been honest with me. They said, you know, for the pandemic, they felt a little lost, and I said, it's okay. You want to talk to me? I'm here. When mm. you're ready to put the energy, let's go. We can work. I'll help you. Let's figure out what we can do. So, and like you know, the girls that are pushing uh, Brown Girl Diaries and stuff, yes. I love them. Yeah. They've been awesome. I'm name dropping. I don't know if I should, but I am. <laughs> um, they've been pushing like really great agendas to you know educate the masses on you know being into Caribbean and what that's like in our history, mm-hmm. and and so you know collectives like that I really can appreciate. I just wish we had. I'm looking for more young women that want to do what I'm doing, mm-hmm. or that are interested in it, or want to take it to a next level. I like it. Yeah, it's not just about the fame, the money, whatever, but you know. Putting our culture out there in a very sincere, genuine way. Yeah. I always try to push that too. Like I'm, I'm teaching the kids piano and all that kind of stuff too. Like I always tell them, you know, whatever you do, do it a hundred. Yeah. Don't do it just to, you know, get, gain clout and fame and yeah. all that. I feel like that's the way. That the followers got to gain it's the followers. Yeah, yeah. Right, like it. It shouldn't be about that. You should do what you love, and you can always turn your passion, I believe, into a business. Yeah. Um, but you have to want to work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's the problem a lot of I find some not all but some of the younger generation are coming up thinking they're entitled mm-hmm. no you're not <laughs> no you're not because <laughs> if you think you're going to pick up a mic or go and do DJing is a skill I started taking classes yeah. with, uh, Benjamin DJ Essence um, and I started taking classes literally and I'm like this this is an art form how you guys DJ playing a piano is an art form mm-hmm. like you've got to put in the work if you want to be professional, get better. If you're doing it to diddly dabble, then go yeah. ahead and go over you it. You gotta be consistent. Yeah, but be consistent, right? So be consistent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hello, we're trying to have an interview here. He will cut that out. <laughs> I may not. I may. I may actually keep that. We'll I like keep that. that. That's the secret man in the corner. Some of you may see him later. Well, behind the scenes here. <laughs> Oh man, well, such a great intro. I'm super inspired. I'm very excited to conduct this interview with you. Thank you again. And I talked too much, so yes, sorry. Yeah. No, no, this is amazing. We'll be right back after a quick break. <laughs> and we are back. So that was a great intro. I loved uh, hearing everything about, you know, the pandemic and all of these things that have been happening. Um, it's crazy to hear, you know, all of your thoughts and opinions on what's going on. Like, honestly, there is a lot of uh, negativity going on in the world for yeah. sure, but you know, with a strong mind and a strong heart, we'll definitely be able to pull back from that. Yeah, we're going to have to, right? Mm-hmm. It's not easy, though. No, no. That's... Yeah, as you said, consistency. Yeah. it's going to keep on pushing. Yeah, you have to. You have to find whatever it is that you can find in you and around you to push through. Yeah. But we'll talk about that. Find your drive, find your passion. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know what? For the pandemic, I started to um, learn how to cook more. Oh, I need to get married. You're coming, Roti. Wait, wait, here's the first. It's your Roti round. It is not round. That is getting there. High five, Roti's not round either. My Roti's not. It's there, but it ain't round. It is kind of like an octopus. That's fine. 
Look, as long as the roti is edible, because in my mind, you're going to bust it up. Yeah, that's right. Clap, 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 mash, 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 and bust up, whatever you do. And you're still going to eat it. That's as long it. as it's cooked, I'm fine with that. that. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But you're, you're right. You've had to learn thing. different things. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, you know, at the, the beginning of the pandemic, so like 2020 time, I um, started learning how to cook like roti and you know, different pastas with my mm-hmm. girlfriend. Yeah. So we practiced and she would show me the ropes of how to do it. Um, the other day I made pasta all by myself for the first time and I made it proper. It was edible. It was not edible. I learned it stuff. It was actually good. So do you know out. that same pasta that you make <laughs> yeah. and you boil, if you season it and do it up, you put it in the air fryer and make it like a pasta chip. I did not know that. TikTok. Guys, pasta chips. What? TikTok. Oh my god. I saved it. I will send it to you later. It's, I was like, oh, this is different. Because I have, I know everybody has like the fryer that you pull. Yeah. I have, my dad actually, big up my pops, he bought me the fryer, nice. the air fryer oven. So I can do a rotisserie in there. Whoa. You can air fry. It has oven. Fo- it's a whole like, it's like the air fryer on crack. Oh my god. But I, I was like, oh, I, you can try making pasta, that pasta is very chips. Cool. I was like, this is cool. Adulting is, is, is when you are excited by air fryer. I'm telling you, air fryer was the thing for the pandemic. Like, that's everybody had to go out and buy air fryer. Yeah. My dad went and opted a scale and buy me the air fryer oven. Oh my goodness. So, yeah. Yeah, there's like learning how to cook, learning how to barbecue things, like mm-hmm. all like experimenting. Yeah. Um, I started up a couple little side hustles and you're just, just doing things. You just gotta find your job yeah. to keep busy. And, I'm telling you, that's it. Yeah, yeah. But honestly, like one thing as well is just relaxing. Because being a vendor, like I know, like we just spoke about it, we would see each other all the time at bookings. It'd be like till 2, 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. We're still low. We're, we're just like, yeah. oh, the next thing we have to make a private or something. And yes. It's like, okay, we are dead tired. But now, you know what? I went, I got my nails up with my girlfriend one time. Oh, I like this. I started getting haircuts more often. Yes. It's like taking care of it's myself. It's self-care. Reading. Yeah. It is yeah. self-care. I've had to learn to slow down. Exactly. It, yeah. The pandemic yeah. put a stop to everything. I was like, because albeit you're, you're doing your side job, you might be, you know, prepping it during the week. Mm-hmm. You're going and doing these gigs Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then I'm getting up and going to work Monday. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, and so fast paced. Pre pandemic, it was get physically getting up, getting dressed, get to the transit, however you're getting to work if you're yeah. working downtown. Like that was all exhausting. So I've, I, like you, I've had to learn to like just take a pause and be like, my mental health needs a little bit of care. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I'm glad yeah. that you're doing that. That's good. Mm-hmm. But I think we, I think a lot of people have been just kind yeah. of taking a step back and going, okay. I needed to slow down a minute because I, I realized I really did. Yeah. It was taking a toll. I was exhausted. Like we were just talking about the DJs and MCs and like people in the industry. I'm seeing a lot of them who are doing like a billion parties, just focus on like three main ones or something. Yeah. You know, just like just just push that. Yeah. And they live stream things or whatever. So it's it's nice to see. It is nice to see. Break. I've yeah. I've talked to a couple of DJs um and I've been seeing them push their twi- their Twitch but, a lot yeah. more and they've been, you know, made partner mm-hmm. and yeah. You know, a lot of them um, have been, since we're starting to open back up, some of them have been reaping the benefits of doing that work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been amazing for them. I've seen one that just got uh, a radio opportunity, nice. which was really awesome. Yeah. And so it's really nice to see the work that they put into that for the DJs who didn't. Yeah. For the DJs who didn't, I've, I've talked to some of the DJs, the tw- I'll call them the Twitch DJs, mm-hmm. where some other DJs had messaged them and said, oh, now I want to get on this. And it's like, bro, you had like two and a half years. Yeah. Where you could have done something different now because you see people reaping benefits mm-hmm. from it. Did you not realize the work? Here I go yeah. again with the work that you they had to foundation. put. Twitch ain't easy, yep. eh? Yep. Um, what you guys do to set up backgrounds and the OBS and all <laughs> the... I'm like, I don't know how 
know, y'all yeah. get time. And then, to, like, <clears throat> some of these guys are on, you know, Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's like, and you're mixing up the mixes, and mm-hmm. you're, you've got this work to set up your, you know, your crates and know what to play. And learn how right? to do it as well. And yeah. be better, yeah. even if you're putting up those little mixes on Instagram to, like, yeah. show that I'm mixing two songs. You're keeping your style fresh. Exactly. And so for the guys that have been doing that, congrats to you for reaping the benefits of that. For those who didn't and you're trying to catch it now, <laughs> I, in my opinion, you're a little too late. You should have yeah. had the time to do it when everything was slowing down mm-hmm. and you had the audience's attention. If you're going to come out now, you might come out a little stale because the people it. have already seen it. Mm-hmm. I, I think people forget, and, you know, I'm trying to brush up on my own skills on social media marketing and mm-hmm. stuff. But the key that I've been learning, even from radio, you only get people's attention for like 20 seconds. That's right. What can yeah. you say yeah. in 20 seconds that is going to catch your attention? Mm-hmm. And me being on radio, I've been learning that. How do I refine the way I present my show so that in 20 seconds I can catch your ear? Mm-hmm. In my intro of my hour, when I start the show at, at 2 o'clock, how am I going to catch you? What's my hook? Yeah. What are you going to listen to? What is, and what's popping? You know, mm-hmm. Pay attention to what's going on. So you know, kudos to these guys for doing the work that they did. You know what, laying a foundation reminds me so, so much of like stocks or Bitcoin yeah. or a relationship even, or as I was talking about cooking. Yeah. Just like, you need to start somewhere. And I feel like the beginning of the pandemic when everything was hot, you could find a way to adapt. Yeah. That initial step of finding that entry into adaptation is, is what we it to what it is now. Yeah. So It is because you have the shock of... Lose. Yes. <laughs> you know? I, I think so. I think yeah. to some degree for some people it is you snooze, you lose now. Yeah. If you're trying to jump on it, then you need to find something else to do to make it brand new and yeah. different because... But it's not the end. No, you know, never. Still keep pushing, even though, you know what, better late than never. Yeah. You know, don't just give up. Like, if you have dreams and stuff, don't just stop. If the relationship is a little bit rocky here and there, yeah. no, keep trying. You have to. You know? And you know, yeah. I, I remember seeing a podcast a few years ago when I was first starting um, my radio journey, and it was uh, Jester. This is Jester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was being interviewed, and something he said to me, which always stuck stuck to me to this day for motivation, and it was, you know, if you're if you're going to copy somebody, it's a form of flattery. But make mm-hmm. it make it your own. Make nice. it your yeah. own. So yes, I think you might have missed the boat what was going on with Twitch, but not to say that you cannot. Just make it your own. Make it different. That's it. You know, don't trying to replicate exactly what somebody's doing. Because if you're trying to do that, then you're trying to fit in a mold and it's not you. So you're Mm. not organically being yourself. Yeah. So people aren't really seeing who you are. And people are going to be like, oh, this is whack. You're just trying to be like X, Y, and Z. Mm. And I'm not really seeing who you are. And I think you'll miss out on that opportunity of showing people who your real character is or who your real, what your real skill set is if Mm. you're a DJ or an MC or whatever it is, right? You know, the beautiful thing about being human is that we're all unique. We all have our own persona and everything about us so you know what just say yeah keep pushing you never know like two people could go on twitch and, and dj the same thing but you know what you make it your own style you do your own thing yeah and, you know uh, you know we'll talk style. a few things on our mic yep. say a little that's something it. to the people <laughs> give away some whatever it is like you have to find your own path and that's why what jester said always stuck with me to this day um and i'm like okay i'm not going to be ashamed to uh copy somebody's style mm-hmm. but i'm gonna make it Exactly, exactly. And I've, I mean, for me, it was a little different because the, the whole emceeing um, as a female mm-hmm. and there just was, I didn't really have a lot of mm-hmm. people to look to. I did Roll try to, yeah, yeah, I did try to talk to somebody who was in the industry as an established MC, and the response I got was, oh, you're doing just fine. Mm-hmm. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I'm like, no tips, no, <laughs> no nothing, no. Yeah. And to this day, that person has never helped me. 
Mm. And I was just like, okay, well, I'll find my way. And I did. I think I have. I think I have. And it comes full circle that you're here. You're willing to help others. So I am. Beautiful. Love because it. I didn't, you know, we didn't have that. Yeah. Um, at least as a, as a female radio personality. Mm. Again, very few females you can reach out to. Yeah. Very few, if, you know, any in the Caribbean. And so mm. I think we just need more of that. I'm very big advocate for pushing that as of, as of the last couple of years. I find that a lot of interviews have been doing. I find myself relating to it because I'm like, no, I don't. Who looks like me? Mm-hmm. Don't mind the makeup. <laughs> but who looks like me, right? Like, who's out there that I can say I'm going to go yeah. um, approach them and say I need some of your help, I need your mm-hmm. guidance, I need your tips. So anybody that messages me, I'm always for ear. I'm the first person to give out my number and say here. Beautiful. But that's a lot that's of that work yeah. that's happening in the background. A lot of people don't know that because I don't post it. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. posting that. Um, and I don't need to because I'm not doing it for Good. Right. Good. So that's sincere. That's 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 real. Yeah. And then the people that are connected with, like I said, some of these young girls that have messaged me on LinkedIn and stuff, they'll tell you that. Oh yeah, I talked to MC Nats. Hundred percent, nice. you have. Yeah. You would never have known though mm-hmm. until I'm saying it right now. That's it. Um, because there's no need to. When when it comes to that time, if we collaborate together and we do something, and that's where they want to go, because some of their drive is now. Okay, I'm ready to focus. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it when you're ready. Humble. Right? I love it. <laughs> Alrighty, well, we're going to get to learn a little bit about MC Nads from the past. Okay. In a little bit. Alrighty, so we are back and we're going to talk to my friend Natty here about the young version of herself. Oh boy. I want to know a little bit about your childhood growing up. What kind of things inspired you? What were you like? <laughs> oh boy. Nadia Chandra was a tomboy. <laughs> this? You'd never catch me in a dress. I never knew how to do my eyebrows. Never touch makeup. <laughs> The most I ever did was nail polish. Um, I went. I lived and grew up in Toronto. Toronto is my home. Mm. Uh, you were born here. Yeah, I was born here. Whoa, my parents are from okay. Guyana. Um, I act like sometimes I'm nineties. I, I always thought so. I try to speak, <laughs> and sometimes people think I'm trending. Uh-huh. Sometimes I'm all wrong. My parents are like, "Don't talk like that. <laughs> you do not speak like that." For the longest while, my mom said when I was a child, I used to always say, "Yeah, I'm from Guyana." My mom's like, "You've never been there." Yet. Like, <laughs> Just calm down. I feel like it's a thing we're trained to say, though. Like, right? we are Guyanese, we're from Guyana. Right? <laughs> and you're not, you know, and, and I used to say, Mom, yeah, we're Caribbean. Mom's like, you're from South America. It's from, we're from South America. Like, yeah, yeah, whatever, we're Caribbean. Um, but I was born and raised in Toronto. Um, grew up, I mean, some people would say the hood. I went to, to school down at Falstaff. Okay. I love, my high school is now closed, but I love that place. If I could go back and redo high school, I would. Because it was fun. So you did like kindergarten, middle school. All of that in Toronto, right there. Colford and Lawrence, the whole. People know. I went to Gracefield, I went to Amesbury, (laughs) and then I went to Boylan. Some of my friends that I have now are the same childhood friends from those times. That's such a blessing. Yeah, very few of them that I have that we still talk to and hang out. And then there's the ones that you you have on Facebook, but we all keep connected. So born and raised in Toronto. Toronto is my heart. Um, grew up down there, uh, grew up with my parents, uh, they lived separately, but we were cool with that. Nice. Um, my dad was at Tripoli, I don't think I've ever talked about this. Mm. And I have older siblings, people don't know that, and they're great, uh, they're just older. <laughs> they're like 12 and 13 years old wow, than me, okay. so I was like the hello! So gr- growing up you were like... You said you were like a, like a tomboy kind of. I was. Or were they also? And my well, my siblings. Well, my siblings and I weren't really that close when I was young because okay. I wouldn't have really remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's an age gap too. I'm yeah. sure. When they were like teens or whatever, they yeah. were friends. So they were. <laughs> they were on. They were off in 
on. Yeah. So it was really me. So I kind of felt like I grew up like an only child, mm. um, even though they were there. I love yeah. my siblings to death. Like, they're great. I, they were my musical influences. That's my parents have records out of the wazoo. Nice. You know, that's where I grew up loving music, whether it was Stone Love or Led Zeppelin or The Doors or Michael Jackson oh, or Moms. You know, nice. all the original Sundar records. Oh, okay. And then there were classical, there used to be this classical album. I wish I had it now, but I used to pull out and I used to love it, The Chariots of Fire. That was one of my favorites. Yeah. I'd sit there and play it. So my that's parents grew, grew us up on like Otis Redding and Al Green and that's what all works. Well, yeah. oh, that was just chucking, you know. <laughs> not mine. Not mine. Country music too. You name it. You got that. That's like, it. Yeah. So that's how I kind of grew up. Um, family was always there, but they never understood what I really wanted to do. Mm. So when I was in high school, that's when I started doing a lot of, um, like, I would be the person on the announcements. Nice. Became the president school but then I'd always get in trouble <laughs> and I got kicked out of class but I was also like I was doing yeah. but I was doing like you know uh, announcements I was making radio commercials to like promote our dances and I was making mixtapes and chopping them up but I didn't realize then though when I was a kid that that's where this was gonna lead because foundation when you're young they don't tell you like even your guidance counselor until I go into radio yeah this was the 90s or early 90s mm-hmm. right this is they're not telling you Go into radio and go into media. Nobody's pushing that on a colored person as an agenda. Mm-hmm. Let's just be real. At that time, it wasn't it. And so I didn't know that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a great guidance counselor, but just, that just wasn't it. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, okay, go do business. You know? My parents and now, we have like broadcasting as a course. We have yeah. like media, television and stuff. And that's wow. where I found it. Yeah. It's actually after I graduated high school, I went to York and went in for Schulich. I had a mm-hmm. like a GPA of was it was like ninety five percent. Still didn't get it. No. And I was like, okay, maybe this isn't for me. So they default you to a business program. Okay. Well, thank you. I'm alumni there. Um, but I didn't like business. I hated economics. I hate numbers. Mm-hmm. Ironically, my daytime job has me. <laughs> I don't well, know who gave me that. Juxtaposition. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I ended up switching out of business. And I ended up going into something called health and society. It was just very much like social, like you were just social services or kind of, yeah, psychology, ethics, kind Mm -hmm. of, that's what I was studying. And then Seneca College had this on-campus career day um, down at Berry Hall. And I was like, oh, broadcasting. Mm -hmm. They had television, they had radio, but for whatever reason, I was like, I like the radio. Mm So I ended up doing both. I ended up having 100 course loaded at Seneca, 100 at York. Nobody told me you should decrease your workload. So I was carrying yeah. a 200% uh, workload but doing both. Um, and it was great. Uh, the two years at Seneca College were probably the most formative years of my life. Mm. I got, and it's true what they say. I love university because I get it. You need to have a BA. That's where a lot of jobs are saying, we want to see bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. But I feel like for that practical experience, you're really getting that in college. Mm-hmm. And that's where I got it. That's where I learned how to, you know, um, edit on a reel to reel. That's where I learned how to present uh, wow. as a radio broadcaster. Super authentic. Wow. It, it was, yeah, a reel to reel. Like, who does that? Yeah. It was so cool. Big up Jim Carr. He's the coordinator um, there and still is at Seneca College. I ended up graduating from Seneca being valedictorian for my class, Whoa, which was really cool. Stuff. So nobody really knows that. So I did go to school for it. And then 10 years went by and I didn't touch it. Mm. I didn't go into radio, I didn't go into media, family, life happened, life mm. happened and I just had to work and pay off student loan and just be an adult real quick. Um, 
And then a little opportunity presented itself on Facebook through a DJ, a previous show I was on. And I applied for that, took advantage of it, and we parted ways, and I just kept going. Nice. And that's that's been it. Yeah. That's the story. I mean, as a kid, I've always loved music. Music has always been my thing. I've, you know, Fuji's, I would never forget, Sheridan Mall, for those who know, Jimmy Wilson, um, used to have a music world. And the first album I bought there was the Fuji's album. Wow. Yeah, the score. And I bought it on cassette. Whoa. <laughs> I had a Shockwave Walkman, which I still have. Oh my gosh. I'm very much a 90s head. Nice. 100%. He it probably worth a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right? It still works. You nice. Guys, it, it still That's works. It. Um, so, like, you know, those are my fondest memories. I had great friends when we nice. were kids. We were all very much 90s heads. We loved our music. We loved. And Boylan, Nelson A. Boylan was very much. A high school that was diverse. We were in Falstaff. We were very much part of the, you know, you're in the what did they call it? The blue area. You're mm-hmm. the Crips. You know, Jane and Jane and whatever <laughs> was the Bloods. And we couldn't go, and it was a whole thing when we were kids. Um, and I've seen friends get hurt, get shot, mm-hmm. get stabbed. There was all kinds of stuff going on. But I would never change those years. Those were the most formative years of my life. Nice, yeah. And got me here. So you know, if I ever need to go street real quick, I'm just <laughs> Don't saying mess with I will pull up my Toronto all day. And then, you know, I ended up moving to the West End, went to Mississauga first, and then I've been in Brampton probably for the past nice. seven, eight years. Good, so, yeah. good. Me too. Huh. Well, big up your significant other for putting up with, uh, with uh, the slang and stuff. You know, I, I, I don't know where he is. I don't know where he is. I don't know. Somewhere. <laughs> Somewhere. So, growing up then, would you consider yourself like one of the more popular girls, or were you kind of like... <laughs> Like, I don't were there know. Any, like, experiences of like bullying or any stereotypes you were kind of going You know through? what? Bullying was not a thing that happened to me. Mm. Was Toronto always a diverse and stuff like that in the 90s? Where I was, yes. Okay. But there were people who would get bullied. We always had, Boylan always had a, um, uh, oh God, I forgot the name of it, but we always had two classes one for the EL, ESL students and then one for the kids who were, um, either had a, a, a physical handicap mm. or had something mentally Some kind that was, of yeah. Or yeah. So yeah. we always stuck up for them. That was just, nice. you know, there's yeah. always one kid, I always wondered where he went. And I have pictures to prove this because I have my high school pictures, but we always stuck up for those kind of kids. Good. Like we were just not putting up with no ish. Like, no, you couldn't just, you know, in the 90s, people always looked at those types of people that were suffering ailments physically or mentally as, ew, they're sick. Mm. gonna get it and I'm like no that's not no so we'd have them come sit with us and was I popular I mean people knew people Mm. you know we we grew up in an area where people were just from Caledonia village you know people from Keelan Lawrence you know people were from Eglinton we had friends that went to York like just everybody was everywhere Mm -hmm. um so I knew people we definitely knew a lot of people you couldn't you couldn't bother us you know I, I I've had some people try to you know, people would always make fun. Of course, ways. yeah, there's always those circles, yeah. You know, and you, and you do what you, sometimes it was your own friend. It was mm-hmm. my, one of my old friends, God rest the dead. It was a friend who was now passed on, he was murdered, but he used to make fun of me when we were kids and, yeah. and pick on me sometimes. And I was just like, you suck. But, you know, I got, you get, you get through it. It's just, yeah. it's, it's unfortunate that people want to bully, mm-hmm. but that's because it's whatever's going on in their own life. Yeah. They have to compensate to feel better. Um, I think when I got to be president of the high school, that's when I got real popular. Nice. Because we had a dance, and I met people like, um, God rest the dead, Ansar from WIC. 
I had met him when I was 16. Whoa. I had hired him to do a dance at our high school. Yeah. And that was the last dance that the high school ever had. Oh. Because it was so good. Yeah. And we shut the whole place down. Okay. <laughs> the teachers were like, we're not having this no more. <laughs> it was very diverse. Everybody came from like Westview to Weston. No matter where they were in Toronto, from mm-hmm. Jane to Lawrence to Trithamay to Woolner, people were coming. So, um, yeah, I guess I became popular in that nice. sense. Okay. Um, it was cool. It, it, it was cool. It was a different... My high school was different than any other. Capacity, I think, at the high school on a good day was maybe 250, 300. We could have held 500 people. Mm-hmm. But people were just coming in and out. <laughs> it was crazy. I feel like the foundation you got from your childhood and teenage years definitely added to the sincerity of who you are now. It really it really did. Like God, Again, God bless my family. I love them, but they really had no clue. Mm-hmm. And my parents were doing what they could at the best capacity that they could, right? So I think my mom was always under the impression, and she would deny this. She still does to this day. She would deny that she thought I was ever doing anything wrong. Because I was like, come home at 3, 4 o'clock. What are you doing? Where are you? You know, I played volleyball. I played floor hockey. I played those type of things. Um, but I, I think when I graduated from high school and my parents saw, my gosh, she graduated with this GPA and she's getting these awards. And I remember, my best friend remembers this too distinctly after graduation had ended and you're walking out to your family. I remember looking at uh, my parents and saying, I told you I wasn't doing anything mm. bad. <laughs> we never said that. <laughs> I don't know how many West Indian people and their parents, oh, we never said that. <laughs> we never did that. So um, to pay back on that one, I have a huge question that I ask you just after a quick break. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, so I have a really big question for okay. you here. So, in regards to what you were just talking about there, what are your thoughts on the mindset and mentality of our Caribbean parents and how they've parented and, you know, sort of the traditions and morals that they kind of instill on us? It's funny, I had this conversation with some friends. I think our parents did the best they could mm-hmm. for the time that it was. Mm-hmm. I don't think I agree with everything that they've always taught us. I mean, my parents are really good. They're always like, you know, go to school and get your education and just do it and don't worry. We'll worry about how to pay it after. But I think some of the values like, girl training, gotta get home and you shouldn't be doing this. And They did the best they could because that is what they were taught. Mm-hmm. And I don't think um, for our parents there was as many resources and outlets. I think there's even more now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, even when I was in the ninth, I don't think there was as many. I think they did what they could because they knew what they knew from what their parents taught them. Exactly, yeah. And I don't think I can say I agree with everything. I think even my my siblings who are older than me, even during that time, my sister is the oldest, so she's a girl child. So the rules were very different, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But for a boy, it's different. I don't agree with all that. I, I never have. Um, but they did what they could, right? Like, we don't know what our parents went through when they grew up. Mm-hmm. You hear stories, but if you li- really listen and dissect those stories, there's a lot of mental health issues going there on. Is, yeah. There's a lot of abuse mm-hmm. that we don't realize, like just in the way the generations have spoken to each other, um, just the way they have, it's the, you know, the beatings, the sticks and yeah. the cuts and the yeah. We laugh about it because we make fun of it because it's always been our culture. Like, yeah. everybody bring out a pot spoon, you know what's about to go down. You bring out the belt, you realize what's happening. Yeah. But those are also, we call, like, I, my friends and I, when we talk about this, is childhood traumas. Yeah. yeah. So our parents have those. In them days, they weren't talking about that. So now we come along and we're like, you know, like the Russell Peter joke. 
how fast will it take for me to call the police before you beat my back, my mm. backside, right? Like, so it's like, uh, you know, they did the best they could. I don't yeah. necessarily agree with everything, but I'm not going to diss my parents or anybody's parents for trying their best mm -hmm. to, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then there's, there's some people who didn't get lucky. Mm -hmm. There's some people who grew up with some immense trauma and abuse. And I, you know, you can't, I wish I could save everybody just personally. Yeah. I hate hearing that. I've seen, I've had some friends where, you know, we were in high school and we'd have to call the police and then, you know, my friends would be like, no, don't. And I get it because they have to go home to that, not me. Mm -hmm. I think I'm saving you, but I can't save you. Yeah. And so it's just, it's unfortunate, but I'm hoping that my friends and myself and the people that are coming up in my age group and younger, by having more conversations, we can break those cycles. Exactly. The next generation will be right? the one to kind of change that. Right? We need yeah. to break them generational kind of curses that have been taught yeah. and they keep being taught. Like racism is taught. You know, we talk about it amongst um, Indo-Caribbean people where, you know, Indo-Caribbean girls couldn't bring home a black guy. Mm. There's that. That's taught. That's the whole taught. stigma behind it. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. all. That stuff is. I get it. There's history in Guyana and Trinidad and the Caribbean about you know, but that stems from political history mm -hmm. and parties and you know the blacks against the Indians and all kinds of stuff. You came to Canada to the U.S. to another country for better. Mm -hmm. Why are we still teaching that? Yeah. And a few years ago, I had that conversation with one of my good friends from high school. Or whose younger sister was dating a black guy and I said, why are you perpetuating that? What do you get from that? Your sister loves a, a boy who's in school with her and they're, they're in love. So what? Let her go through her experiences. Mm -hmm. He bleeds the same that we do. That's it. Yeah. So what's the point? And, and I said, where are you coming with that? Like, why would you come up with that stigma? You weren't even born back home. Like, yeah. where are you coming with that? So... <laughs> You know, I don't agree with everything, but I think my parents did the best they could. And you know, that's what it is. It's like we take we we take all the things that our parents have instilled on us, and like the um, masculinity, yeah. huge thing. Like you're talking about the girl children saying, you know, "Like I have my sisters, I have my girlfriend, whatever." And like, even friends who are girls, and I hear about this all the time from them yeah. that like they can do things the way that guys can. Yeah. Doesn't matter the age, doesn't matter the education, doesn't matter what. Uh, status they are yeah. just because they're a girl they have to be judged differently I'm like what like yeah it makes no sense it's such a weird thing and um, it, it's really it's really scary knowing that like they're they are they fear walking out by themselves even because yeah. they don't know they don't know what's exactly. gonna happen so it's, it's really scary and I think yeah. to those childhood traumas they instill that fear in us yes yeah. right then then you start carrying that with you every where you go and we shouldn't have to mm -hmm. we should not we should be able to walk out and hold our head high and, and say, I'm going to come home, my parents are going to be okay. So, you know, I'm hoping we break that as yeah. we continue to grow. I know I will. I know nice. my friends will. My circle of friends will. I know you will. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think some of our parents are understanding that. Yeah. And I think them too, they're realizing, well, I did the best I could that I knew I could do at the time. Mm -hmm. I get it. And I've had those conversations with my own parents, right? Because I think all parents, I'm not a parent yet. But I'm understanding from all parents that you will always have regrets. You yeah. do the best you can. There's no handbook. Mm -hmm. There's no handbook to tell you. Everybody has their own unique experience. Yeah, you've yep. got to figure it out. And that's what our parents were doing based on what they were taught. Mm -hmm. And imagine their parents and their parents and those who came. Because remember, those cultural nuances, um, they came and traveled with them when they came to the mm -hmm. West, right? So that's a whole thing to unpack. It's, it's an interesting question, but that's kind of my take on it. Yeah.
what's one really good um, attribute that was learned from your parents? Oh man, hustle. Mm. Hustle. My parents were hustlers. I'm not even gonna lie. My brother was a hustle. Like hustle. Whatever you needed to do to get what you needed to get, you hustle it. That doesn't mean stealing from anybody. That doesn't mean thieving. You know, it just means hustling. Yeah. If you want something, you don't have to work to get it. Yeah. You weren't given. I was not born with no silver spoon. We were not a rich family. I wish we were, but we weren't. You know, life happens. You make choices, and it is what it is. But um, definitely the hustle. I got it from them. Mm-hmm. So, in, in regards to like just motivation and the the aspect and essence of what motivation and inspiration is, what are some beliefs you have regarding that? What are some things that you've sort of grown with throughout life to become inspired? Oh man, that's a heavy question. And you know, I think for me, it's just always been, it comes from that hustle. It's weird. I don't even know how to explain it. It's like, I know what my parents did to make sure we were okay. At least I was, because I, I lived with my parents as the last child. Yeah. So it was just me. And the baby of the family. The baby <laughs> of the family. And you know, I mean, my, my siblings got a different upbringing than I did. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, yeah. But we weren't rich. That's crazy. It's like you live with your siblings and you're all still together. But like we still experience that family so differently. I found that so mind-blowing. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. It's the same, same blood, same mother, same mother. <laughs> Everybody came from the same belly. That's it. But, but still, so unique. Yeah. So different. And you know, times change, right? Parents, they have to, especially with my siblings being older, mm-hmm. they have to learn to change. Um, wow. I think from the hustling... And I, you know, it's, it's probably going to sound rude when I say it. I just learned not to depend on anybody. Nice. Independence is like, huge. Yeah. It, that's really what it was. Like, I didn't have anybody to help me. Mm-hmm. I had to get everything I needed to get. My dad tried his best. My mom tried her best. And my siblings did what they could when they could. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just weren't, you know, we're a close family. We just, we always knew we had to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's always been my childhood. I think that's what's brought me here. Like, nice. Y- you can ask. Well, my mom always says, "Is a simple question. You're either going to get a yes or you're going to get a no from somebody. Mm-hmm. If you need and help it, or something. Right. Yeah. And if you're going to get a no, just keep it moving. Mm-hmm. And so I've had to learn how to just do things for myself. I've been through I've been through some things because I've made my own choices in life and I've yeah. learned from that. I've been through the ups and the downs and, and that goes with friendships and relationships. And it's just the hustle has shown me that I can't depend on anybody. I need to depend on myself and I need to just continue pushing myself Otherwise, I'm not going to get what I want. That's it. Because I yeah. know what I want. Right? If you depend on anything, then you are now letting that be a factor to your success and who you are. Yeah. So I think you saying that you you learned independence from like such a young age, that's beautiful. That's really Yeah. Beautiful. I mean, yeah. I was working when I was 15. Yeah. Um, And I was working two jobs. Whoa. And I what, used what kind to, of jobs? Ha! The first one, I actually was in my high school. Nice. Of working with the high school, doing whatever paperwork they could find with me. And then my, my other job was KFC, Ooh, which was very interesting. I learned some interesting things at KFC. I learned a lot about myself of being an employee. Um, and my work ethic kind of started yeah. developing from there. And even even in working, then KFC, I was working two part-time jobs. Mm-hmm. And also did night school because I got kicked out of a day class. <laughs> like, it was crazy. Yeah. I was working at my doctor's office, who yeah. is still my doctor to this day. Nice. I will tell you that. <laughs> Um, I worked part time, two times, uh, two time, two nights a week. I worked at KFC whenever I picked up my shifts, and then I was doing a telemarketing job. And back in the day, when you were doing telemarketing, you used to get cut a cash check. Whoa. Yeah, and you would call like it was a bad telemarketing job. 
nonetheless. But Young and Eglinton used to be the place where you could get telemarketing jobs, and I was doing that. Um, so like I said, I, I just knew what I wanted for my goals, and I just I didn't depend on anybody when I got it myself. Nice. Yeah. So fast forward to now, do you feel like that independence would change if you were to, like, I don't know, get married or move somewhere or anything like that? Hell no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I think it would... I don't know if it would change, but it would adapt. Like I guess that, it would yeah. change a little bit. I'm still, I mean, he would probably tell you, I'm still very independent. Mm -hmm. It's funny, I made a joke with him yesterday and I said, you know, sometimes this is what happens when you date an alpha, an alpha <laughs> girl. I'm an alpha girl. I'm yeah. very much an alpha male and female form. That's who I am. I can't apologize for that. I think it, I will adapt. I really like that. Like, because like, the, like our parents' generation, it was always such a stereotype that the lady has to depend on the guy and the, yeah. the, the man has to, you know, take care of the kids and the hustler and the, the ladies just like staying home, washing dishes and laundry. Wash and dishes, laundry, you know. pregnant and bare, what is <laughs> And I can do it, don't yeah. get me wrong. I need to throw it in the kitchen, I will throw. That's it, yeah. But when I gotta go hustle and work, I'm gone. Mm -hmm. So I need somebody to be able to balance that and he's been good to It's a give or take. Yeah. Give, uh, give and take. Give and take. So, so I think... Yeah. To some degree, yes. Maybe if you say change, adapt, whatever those adjectives are, it will. But yeah. I'm still very much. I know if we need to get something done, I'm gonna wanna. Yeah. I can't get. I can't break the hustle out of me. I, I think just that's can't. crucial. Nowadays, you need to be independent in your like within yourself, but also be not dependent on others, but helpful. So yeah. Like, especially in a relationship, I think two of you guys raising a family, yeah. holding that like a it's household, adaptability. That's it. You yeah. have to adapt to each other, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't think one person should be changing the other person. Yeah. If you know you guys aren't going to work, then it's time to go. That's a wrap. Don't waste time. Exactly. I've already done that once, and that was a waste of time. Mm -hmm. That's where I learned myself. I think that's where the creation of MC Nats sort of came from. We can always get to that. But I think if, if you can adapt with somebody without changing each other, and you learn to feed off each other like that, it'll be better. I like it. It makes sense. It's logical and it's rational. Right. Because if you are depending on, as I said, another factor, you're now just like you're giving that, you're allowing that to decide how successful you're going to be. Yeah. On whatever and you're you'll doing. lose so yourself. A relationship is. You a will hundred percent lose yeah. yourself, right? So, yeah. and you don't want to do that. I, I almost did that once. I'm not going to let it happen <laughs> again, right? So, and I don't think it's fair to yourself to just lose yourself at this age for everything mm -hmm. you're working for. That's mm -hmm. not, and that's not fair to the other person. Because mm -hmm. the other person's not really getting to know you either, right? Who you exactly. really are. So. I love it. So I have another nice question for you after a quick break. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty, so I have another question for you. I want to know what are three motivators um, that have been around for your whole life? It's funny, you say three, and I don't think I can give you three because, mm -hmm. and I think this leads back to that answer of, you know, my parents are always teaching me to hustle, don't depend on anybody. My motivator has been myself. And it, it's funny you ask me this question because, again, my best friend and I were talking about this and she knows me the longest. She's known me for over 25 years. Wow. <laughs> since we were 11 and 12 years old. And she said the same thing. She's like, as long as I've known you. She's like, I, I mean, yes, you have movie stars and those type of things, a typical yeah. cliche answer, like, who doesn't like everything Will Smith is doing? Shut up, Khan. Shut up, Khan. You know what I mean? Like, there's, you know, hip-hop artists, whatever. Of course, yeah. But I think in my life, it's always been me. <laughs> it's been me. Like, it's, I haven't, again, like, God bless my family. They've been great. My parents hustled and did what they did. Those Parents will always be motivated, that's a cliche answer. To some people, not everybody has their parents to be motivators. I couldn't say family because we're just very disconnected with 
you know, the outside family. Um, even right now, I think my friends, my close circle, a lot of them are entrepreneurs or right. trying. They're trying yeah. to balance their everyday life. Mm. We're all trying to do. Um, they're trying to start businesses and hustles. And I think right now, looking at them, they're motivating me now. But all through my life, I think myself, I have been my own motivator. I haven't had anybody to say, oh, you lit a match under my ass. <laughs> yeah. Can I say that? Um, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I think it's just been, I've been my own motivator. Yeah. You have the typical, but I've been the one that's been lighting the match under my behind nice. to say, I want to get to point B. Okay, Nadia, what do you need to do right now? Because sitting here isn't that's kind of where I, that's why I said I had a different answer for that. I love it. Very, very unique. You know what? You live this life only once, and in the end, only you know yourself 100%. Yeah. As much as we say we have a motivator or a celebrity or somebody, we don't know them 100%. We don't know no. their intentions. We don't know every single thing yeah. about how they had that thought process. Yeah. But that's very nice. And it's been a learning yeah. experience too, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're gonna make mistakes. Of I've, made, I've made a lot of mistakes, and I've made a lot of good choices, right. and you know, life wasn't hard, it just wasn't easy, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. It's yeah. not like we were dead bad, and everything <laughs> was, you know, bad, yeah. all of my life, no, it wasn't, it just, it wasn't easy. Yeah. It just wasn't always great, either. Right. So, you know, you've seen some things growing up, even with your own parents, you see things. So actually, in regards to that, then, like, what are some situations that have kind of motivated you in life? What are some things that happen? <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, well, my parents might kill me for saying this. So I've seen some dynamic between my parents that hasn't always been healthy. Mm -hmm. Let's just put it that way. And I think a lot of Caribbean people seen that. Mm -hmm. um, and my parents, they're, they're good now. It's just, As you mentioned, the stereotype and stuff. But yeah. Like the, yeah. You know? With that generation, it's always something. And know? I've always been like, I don't want to be this way. I've mm -hmm. seen that amongst mm -hmm. my siblings. I don't want that for myself either. Um, and God bless them. They've, they've worked through their where they need to be right now. And I think we all still have more work that we need to do. But I think those have been kind of like motivators to say, okay, I will not want to be like that. Mm -hmm. This is how I want to be. Um, and I see I see some very positive reinforcing like relationships with friends that I do have that have been together and and, and they've just had good lives and it's mm -hmm. like okay that's you know that's good to have around you feed off that type of energy yeah. I'm very much a feed off energy type mm -hmm. person um, and there's been you know experiences even within the media industry where you know I, I've worked with somebody where it's gone sour real quick and mm -hmm. I learned from my own mistakes of that um, and, it, and I do acknowledge it, and I have, uh, and those have been very interesting to learn from as well, how to be better from that. Um, and i starting to learn to change your mindset to say, how is that person viewing it? That's making them mad. Because mm -hmm. everybody, when they're upset, wants you to, you need to hear me. Yeah. I yeah. do it as well. When I, look, I'm a firecracker when I'm ready, but <laughs> I'm starting to learn that you need to look at how that person might be looking at it in order to kind of understand where their anger is coming from. Um, and then there's part of me that I'm, you know, I'm just like, okay, from these experiences, there's some things I just have to block out and turn yeah. off to protect my own peace. So I can just keep moving. I don't I know if that, that answered the question. Is that, no, I, like it. I think with uh, the West Indian community as well, I think communication is, is always something that's trying to, to happen. It's lacking, we but, don't uh, talk. Comprehension, I think is what's missing. Oh, I think both, I think both. Yeah. I think we lack, 
we might be getting better <laughs> at the communication. Yeah. But com- words are words, eh? But yeah. people will just pick all what they want to hear yeah. and go with that and keep. Okay. And I've been guilty of that. So I'm not gonna sit here and think I'm some person. I've been like, oh man. Sometimes I'm flying <laughs> off the handle too, right? Like yeah. Caribbean people, we are we are a very firecracker breed, mm. I think. And so it's just you know, I think for me that's what it's kind of mm-hmm. that's what it's kind of been. Mm. What's the situation in the recent like five years that has kind of shaped you to be who you are as well? Mm-hmm. Any big choices you've made? Any situations you found yourself in that have really shaped? Yeah, I had um, and I don't want to give the the situation weight because I don't think the person deserves that kind of credit. Mm-hmm. But I think the, a, a past relationship I was in that turned out to be really heavy. And I wasn't doing MC Nads then, mm-hmm. but I was on the cusp of it. Okay. I was blogging, like anybody Googles real talks, you'll see like this old blog that I had. And if you read it, there were some dark, dark things that were going on. But I kind of like enjoyed reading it now because mm-hmm. I see who I was then and where I was on the cusp of going and how lost I was at that time saying, I want to do this thing, but I need to get rid of this. Yeah. And so that situation was very dark and heavy in all respects of a relationship that it could um, there was physical abuse, there was, you know, verbal abuse, there was all of that. Mm. And I think, it, you know, I'm not going to wait the person to say it was all them. I should have made a choice to leave, but I was also reacting to that. And I think that for me, I will, it was a pivot point in my life to say if I didn't go through that, I don't know where I'd be right now. Mm. I don't think there would have been an MC Naz. I don't think I would have created it. I don't think I would have been here. I don't think I would have applied for that radio. I don't think I would have been on Vibe. Mm. None of that would have happened if I didn't pivot myself out of that situation um and i think for me that's that's where that comes from so not to give the situation weight of course you know or the person because god bless them on their journey Mm -hmm. um but if that did not happen to me Mm -hmm. i don't know where i would be right now me and you would have never met this would have never happened yeah so for me that learning experience was very much what brought me here uh and it's been interesting it's been a journey and I've learned so much about myself. I, I lost friendships even during that time. I gained back some of those friendships. I've reconnected with people that I disconnected with mm-hmm. out of choice. Uh, I learned a lot about myself. Nice. So, and I'm still learning, but of it, course, know, yeah. I mean, there's some people I'm sure in my past would probably say, oh, MC Nazo is crazy. Yeah, probably, <laughs> 100%. But situations make you crazy because you made the choice to stay in it or be in it. And so that's what's gotten me. I feel like throughout life, like any negative or positive experience that you go through kind of shapes you anyway. Yeah. As long as you find the will, you find a way to go through it. Yeah. That's the main thing. You gotta have And that's the hardest part. Yeah. It's finding the will in you to say, I have to. Some people can't. Yeah. Like we talk about domestic violence within the Caribbean community. Some people can't find their way out of that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to help those people. I don't know what to say to them. Because my journey would be different from theirs. Of course, Whatever yeah. will they can pull out of themselves. And some people say, well, it's not easy. I've got kids and I'm married. I get it. You have to find something. Because if push. you continue staying into that, then you're teaching your children now the same cycle, I think. Yeah. And, you know, you don't want to. Because I remember sitting in a situation, I remember Polly and my sister saying, oh, my God, this is just like when we grew up. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this. So that's, you know, that's... And I, I think if ever I had to relive my life, I would relive it the same way, with the same experiences. I have no regrets. I think good. all of that needed to happen for me to get here because I feel good where I'm at now, mm-hmm. you know? You feel like you've done something. 
yeah. build a foundation. If you went through life and it's just like, oh, rainbows, sunshine, yay. Yeah. You, you wouldn't be the person you are right now. Yeah. Right. And then I think everybody needs love. a story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody needs some kind of experience, whether, and it doesn't mean your experience had to be heavy because a lot of people say, you know, you see these things on social media, and I guess people, when they're trying to be creative, are like, man, I don't have any heavy. You don't need a heavy, dark story. You just need a story. It's your story. Own mm-hmm. your story. Mm-hmm. Own your story and just grow from it. Own your story. Love yeah. It. But you have to. And I have no regrets. Nice. If all of it needed to happen again, I'd do it all again. Maybe some little mind change. <laughs> but I'd do it all again for me to sit right here in this moment with you so that people can see this. Because I don't think I've ever shared any of this nice. other than with my tight circle. Well, it's an honor. Yeah, that's very, very inspirational for sure. Like a lot of uh, great points, great opinions being spoken here. So it's I'm nice. sure somebody out there will definitely be touched by that. I hope so. <laughs> and like if anybody ever wants to say they're in a. They want to talk. You're in a situation. You want to just read. I am the most approachable person ever. Just don't be dumb. Because I hate dumb people. I hate people who've got no manners. Of course. Don't come to me like, oh, what's up? Or hi. No, just say, hey. What? Hi, Nadia. Like, come to me with a little, you know, you're an adult. We're all adults. We're, we know how to communicate. Let's communicate like like adults. But I have no problem. If there's anybody out there that ever wants to talk about anything, by all means, just message me. I'm very mature. See, that's it. Got one more question for you after a quick break. Okay. Alrighty, so our final question for you. Alright. I want to know what was the time that you made the mistake that actually helped you to build a better situation? Maybe from a childhood, teenage time, recently, anything like that. To be honest with you, I think every day we make mistakes. Of course. I've had mis- industry mistakes where I've had to learn to be better. I've gotten spoken to because of something I said on air. Flipped and shouldn't have said it. Mm-hmm. I've learned from that. Um, as a child, you know, you do things with your parents, you get told, you learn from that. Relationships, you have a bad relationship, you learn from that. I think every day we make mistakes. And if we're not learning every day from the stuff that we're doing, from all those little micro decisions we're making every day from the mm-hmm. time we, we wake up, then I don't know what you do with your life. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's so true. All the small habits that you have definitely equate to like the bigger picture. Yeah. So, I mean, if we're talking professionally for this question, mm-hmm. um, there was a time where I was on air and I said something that was a, a word that I used that for our industry, not our industry, sorry, for, for our culture, for our people, it's a very heavy word. Um, and I shouldn't have said it on air. But you know, you're talking to your friends, you get so yeah, yeah, you get so loose with the lips because everybody's using the slang, mm-hmm. right? Like the N word or the word "cool" or whatever. And so I learned. Oh my God! I said it. Didn't think anything of it. But somebody called in mm-hmm. to the station and said, "Hey, this word was said. You know, do you understand the cultural reference?" At the time, I knew it. I know the heaviness out of the word. Um, the word was "cool." I, I said it on air. Yeah. Um, and I understand that. But when I was saying it in the context of being with people on air and feeling hyped up, you don't think it because you're just using it. I don't. I no longer try to touch that word at all. Mm. Uh, it was a very keen learning experience for me because the fact that somebody called in and I had you know the station when it was uh, when I was in my infancy with Vibe when it was still CHRI before it changed over to Vibe mm. and you know management talked to me and I had to get sort of reprimanded. So it was a week of me not being on air at the time and I was just trying to get my feet wet so I really learned from that that I shouldn't I need to be more cognizant you know of your audience and we were talking I need to be more aware of you know what what we're saying amongst our friends that you wouldn't say outside 
you shouldn't be saying it at all. Mm. Or if you're having those conversations with your close group, family, friends, and you're saying these words, then talk about what that word means. Mm -hmm. And for me and even my friends and family, we're having more conversations about the word and the heaviness around it. So professionally, there was that experience mm -hmm. that's made me a lot more cognizant of second-guessing, not second-guessing, sorry, researching when I say something. Yeah. Or if I'm talking about a story, I really need to get the facts. I'm very, very careful about what I post and how I post it. I think that's what makes me different. I said this to somebody that called me the other day. I could probably have 10,000, 15,000 followers if I stripped naked and did. It's not who I am. It's not my being. Mm -hmm. I don't want to promote that. For, and I'm not dissing anybody who does it. By all means, that is the culture. I get it. Kudos to you. But that's what makes my following creep slowly because I just won't do that. Mm -hmm. I'm very precarious about how I pull something when I do the research for it now because that experience taught me be more mindful. Mm -hmm. You don't know who you're talking to. You know, you're dealing with people every day. You're dealing with people from a vulnerable sector. You don't know. You don't know. Yeah. Anybody's like, you might say something and people are triggered now. And I get it. Some people out there are saying, oh my God, we can't say the things we used to say. It's sensitive. I get it. You know, I, I, you know, you look back on old shows like Martin and in Living Color and the jokes we used to make. They were funny in the 90s. I get it. But we're just in a different time now. We really are. And I'm a, I'm a child of the 90s. So sometimes I'm like, oh my God, why can't we just joke about this? It was lighthearted. Yeah. But I understand that it triggers people. Mm -hmm. and, I'm, and, and I'm in a, in a position where I'm in the public and I need to be very mindful of that. Mm -hmm. So I'm, that experience taught me that. Nice. But overall, I think every day, I feel like I'm still learning yeah. from decisions and from people. And just from, like, I engage with you, we talk. You know, just anybody I'm talking to, industry-wise and friend-wise, even from there, it's every day I'm learning. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's good. And it's so true, too. Like, every day, yeah, we're always learning all these little things. So, and it never stops. No, it, it never, never stops. stops. So, you go from a child, you go from a teen to an adult. And Bunch of seniors, and you're still learning. Yeah. <laughs> you're never gonna stop. In your old age, you're learning, you're dishing all the wisdom, yeah. and someone young is gonna come along and teach you something and tell you your grams. <laughs> oh my god, I can't imagine the day when somebody calls me grams. Oh, oh my god, I, I get anti now, which is it's funny because for me, I've always been an auntie. My nephew is only seven years younger than me. Yeah. So, and because that's the age difference of, so I've always been an auntie since I was seven years old. So when people yeah. say it now, I just laugh. I'm like, yo, what's up? What's up? So it's not, you know, but yeah, as we get older, we're going to probably, yeah. we're going to dish out some, some advice, but we're going to still be learning. Learning never ends. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> On that note, I think I've gotten all my questions out. I'm really happy with everything that I've learned. Thank you. I want to end this with uh, maybe one quote that has come up in your life that you found some solace in. Oh boy. I don't think there's any specific quote. I think for mm -hmm. me, it's just, uh, uh, or anything that you live by on your own. Just keep grinding. Be mindful of how you're feeling, though. I think that's my new thing right now. Keep grinding. Keep hustling. You've got to want to work for what you want. Otherwise, you're not going to get it. If you think it's just going to come to you, and like, you know how you see these affirmations like, click this and you will get a million dollars in your bank account and affirm that. I get it. It's good to have. I'm always about the positive vibes. Mm -hmm. Stay positive. Be positive because what you're projecting is what you will attract. But you also got to do a little Jay Shetty. I learned it from him. Nice. You can't just expect to stay positive and everything's going to rain down on you. You got to do a little work for it. Yeah. And that's what I'm living by right now. Work, keep your hustle up, and also stay mindful of how you're feeling. Because if there's a day you need to pause and stop, then pause and stop. Yeah. I do it now. I pause and stop. I don't pick up the phone. I don't touch it. I don't want to talk to nobody. 
because I just want to be in my own for a minute. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a keep grinding, stay positive, but make sure that you're you're being mindful of yourself. Mindful, but definitely something that we need to remember. Uh, exiting the pandemic, now going into normal life yeah. too. Still remember to take those breaks, but no, still work hard. Yeah, still yeah. work hard because it's not gonna it's not just gonna come to you. How do you expect to win a million dollars if you don't play the lottery? Exactly. Right? So play the lottery. Put the efforts out. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, thank you so much again. This was such a pleasure thank speaking you. with you. Thank you. Um, I wish you all the best and stay safe. Me too. <laughs> Bye, guys.